Hey there, Revelation Wellness friends. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I'm Lacey Covanda, Donor Relations Manager, and I'm so excited to be here with you on this brand new episode where I got to sit down with Luke Wall from Only 7 Seconds. You're going to love this episode where we have such an enlightening conversation about the science and effects of loneliness on our minds and bodies and how we can take an active part in ending loneliness. I also want to thank our incredible donors for making the Revelation Wellness podcast possible. Your gifts spread the good news of Jesus by propelling this show to reach thousands of listeners and to hear from innovative organizations like Only 7 Seconds. In fact, if you choose to join our upcoming challenge, Project Stress Relief, for any donation amount, a portion of your donation will be given to Only 7 Seconds to help further their vision to end loneliness. We are each made for connection and Only 7 Seconds has created valuable resources to help us make those meaningful connections with one another. It is a great honor to partner with them in this way. Signups for Project Stress Relief are currently open and will close September 15th. The challenge begins September 19th, and for more information, please visit the show notes. Thanks again for being here. We really do appreciate each and every one of you, and we pray that you are blessed today. Peace. All right. Hello, Revelation Wellness friends. We are so excited that you have joined us today for this podcast. My name is Lacey Covanda. I'm the Donor Relations Manager here at Revelation Wellness, and I'm delighted to introduce you to my new friend, Luke Wall, with Only 7 Seconds. And with Only 7 Seconds, we are partnering with them for our new upcoming challenge, Project Stress Relief. And a portion of your donations is going to be donated to Only 7 Seconds. So we just want to take this time today to get to know Only 7 Seconds and Luke Wall and the mission and the vision behind their organization and just highlight some work that they are doing. So welcome, Luke. Thank you, Lacey. I really appreciate that introduction and you having us here. Um, We feel super honored and super blessed to have been selected for this and just very excited to be partnering with you. Well, thank you. We are grateful too. So Luke, let's just start there. Can you tell me a little bit, what's the story behind Only 7 Seconds? How did your organization come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give the kind of brief history and then we can get into any parts of the organization that you want. Um, But really specifically, the organization started in 2018 um, as an idea. I have a younger brother who is 11 years younger than I am. And uh, he was a sports superstar in high school. Uh, He was on his way to taking his team to state basketball. And uh, uh, awesome kid, really well loved, uh, very popular in school. And um, during that time, he ended up bedridden uh, with a sickness. He ended up in bed for over a month. And during that time, um, not one of his friends reached out to him. He did not get a text. He did not get a phone call. He did not get someone stopping by the house. Um, And he was, uh, my parents' house was kind of the like um, respite home for a lot of these other kids. I mean, they'd come and they'd hang out and it would be home away from home. They would have sleepovers every week. Like it was the place to be. And then all of a sudden, just no one. And um, went from this place of extreme connection, uh, surrounded by people, to complete isolation and loneliness. And um, come to find out, it wasn't that the kids didn't care. Um, it wasn't that they were mean. It wasn't that they didn't uh, that 
that he wasn't popular. It wasn't any of those things. It was simply just the lack of intentionality. Um, yeah. It's really easy for us to go through life and to scroll through social media. It's really easy for us to uh, get home, have dinner, watch Netflix, go to bed and just kind of forget. Um, and it's really easy to check out. And so um, about three weeks into that experience, uh, loneliness was leading to depression and other mental health challenges for my brother. And my mom got pretty frustrated, uh, understandably. And she goes, how long does it take for someone to send a text that says, I care about you or how are you doing or dying? Dial a phone number and hit send. And if you actually take out the time to do any one of those three things, it takes only seven seconds. Um, and mm -hmm. so that that kind of inspired the start of the movement. Um, and then the rest is kind of history. Wow. Yeah, we can get so caught up in ourselves and kind of what what we're going through and, and forget about others. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it, uh, it, it was then, uh, that obviously COVID hit shortly after that. And so we started this conversation around isolation and loneliness. Right. And then, mm. um, that all happened pre COVID. It was right before COVID hit that COVID hits. Right. And like, I think that that's a major part of our story is how, um, timely our message became, um, right. simply because of, we are now in a place where, everyone experienced isolation. Uh, everyone experienced pre-COVID loneliness. Um, loneliness rates were through the roof pre-COVID. 80% um, of youth prior to COVID hitting were experiencing loneliness regularly. 80%, mm -hmm. um, right? And that was pre-COVID. And then we go into lockdowns, mandatory yeah. isolation. We have this terminology of social isolation, which uh, in my opinion, doesn't do any justice because it's social isolation implies that like you're isolating from not just physically distancing, right? But like social distancing, like you're, you're like pushing other people away. Um, and so we experienced extreme loneliness in COVID. We all experienced pieces of loneliness and isolation through that. Um, and so that's really when uh, our message started to gain some traction and people really were interested around how do we better build uh, build better connections? How do we build better relationships and have better conversations? How do we address loneliness and isolation, especially with youth? Uh, because we live in a world where you and I can be halfway across the world having this conversation. Um, and yet by every measurable statistic, we're lonelier than ever. Yep. Yep. That's right. So I have to ask, is your brother better? Like, did he yes, get better? Yes. And I apologize. I usually try to clarify that no, earlier. Um, because he, he's doing great. He just graduated from high school. Um, when this podcast airs here on September 1st, we're actually, um, I'm sure we'll get into this, but sharing uh, stories uh, of people. And that is, that's a big part of what we do is uh, storytelling. And his story is actually one of the stories that will be highlighted over the course of the next nine months where he gets to share some intimate details of kind of that experience, um, but also how it helped equip him to lead a life more connected and take some ownership of relationships relationships um, and not just expecting uh, other people to always be the one to take that step of relationship but sometimes you have to take ownership and responsibility yourself and not just sit and wait for someone to show up yeah 
but it's certainly hard to be the first one. Oh, sometimes. it's super hard. Like, and it's, oh. it, it takes a lot of bravery and vulnerability, um, certainly. Um, but that that's really been a huge part of his process is kind of learning to uh, process through that. And now uh, he just graduated college. And uh, more than most people that I know, he's amazing at developing relationships uh, with people that are really not like himself and having empathy for people that aren't like himself. Uh, a lot because of those experiences that he had in high school. Yeah, mm, that's so good. So who would you say is like the the primary group of people that you're serving? Is it all age groups? Do you kind of have a certain demographic that you're serving, yeah. reaching out to? Yeah, so I'll start with this. So I mentioned the statistic around youth. Um, Gen Z, uh, you think about loneliness and addressing loneliness and uh, oftentimes the very first thought is elderly, right? Like that's a very natural correlation to make that people that are elderly are likely more lonely. Um, while that's true, the largest uh, percentage of people that are experiencing loneliness regularly are youth. Um, they're the they should be the most connected. They have the, they're the highest usage rates of social media, highest usage rates of technology, um, and yet over eighty percent of youth are experiencing loneliness regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, with that, um, that's that's a primary target demographic of ours, um, just because of that. But loneliness hits every person, right? Like, it, yeah. there isn't a person that's going to listen to this that um, can't self-identify with loneliness at some capacity, um, whether it's chronic loneliness and extreme loneliness, or it's simply you were as a child lonely on a playground, like there are places in your life that you experience loneliness, right? And so um, that's really where when you ask, well, who do you serve? A lot of our work is designed and targeted for youth. Um, We have a youth in school curriculum that was really birthed out of a couple of local youth suicides. Um, And so a lot of our, our primary demographic is youth and that's where our focus has been. Uh, But the second highest demographic that experiences loneliness is elderly. Um, And so we kind of have this like uh, U-shaped bell curve, if you will, of like, if you look at loneliness statistics and information, it's like elderly and youth. And then like in that kind of middle age range, um, statistically it goes down. But anecdotally, there isn't a middle-aged person um, that I know that isn't also experiencing loneliness with kids moving out of the house to um, job changes, right? Like all the different things that happen in those middle years of life too, where it's like it's it, it every person is experiencing loneliness in some capacity or has. And so a lot of our work is designed in a way that it's uh, engageable at any level, um, really from youth up. Um, we have some programming that's designed very specifically for kids and youth, um, but a lot of our stuff and our message is for everyone. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting that you mentioned that the youth and then the elderly, because I was involved in a church in Kansas City where we used to live and and our youth pastor actually became also the senior adults pastor because they really? realized they're very similar. So he's like, well, I'll, I'll just take them on too. And so it was great. He's yeah. like, they all want the same things. <laughs> they yeah. all just want to be together and to connect. And like yeah. you said, we all need that at any stage, but it seems to be exacerbated in like the youth and then the elderly too. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about your, um, the effects of loneliness on mental, physical states of people. What, how do we see that play out? How does loneliness affect us physically, mentally? Yeah. So I'm going to share information that's going to probably feel kind of like 
that can't be true. Um, <laughs> it, it seems really strange, um, even hearing it still sometimes. But research is showing out that loneliness impacts uh, your physical and mental well-being at extreme levels. Um, the most recent studies that have been done over the last few years are showing that extreme loneliness leads to over a 15-year life expectancy reduction, Wow! which is the, it's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Um, that is how extreme and necessary human connection is. Uh, there are studies that have been done that show loneliness um, is not a or not a result of depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, um, mental health challenges. It's not a result. It's oftentimes the um, trigger point for those things. Um, so loneliness is oftentimes really a, um, it, 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 if you can address loneliness, it is a um, preventative measure towards mental health challenges, but also physical health challenges, right? Um, there, there are studies being done right now that show that people that are more lonely are less receptive to cancer treatment, um, huh. right? Like, like it, it is absolutely amazing. And I, I'm happy to share, I mean, there's been dozens of studies done and information around this that I'd be happy to share. We can share links to anyone who's interested or a yeah. lot of it's on our website. Um, because it seems crazy to think that like human connection, like we kind of intuitively might know that that's important. It's important to live in community. It's important to live in relationship with others. Um, but I think we oftentimes don't really comprehend the, the seriousness of it. Um, that, if you're not living in real community or you're not living in real relationship with other people in a true meaningful way, um, you are more likely to um, addiction. You are more likely to participate in that extra drink after work. You're more likely to eat an extra meal and overeat. You're more likely to um, have negative thoughts. You're more likely to, um, I know a big focus for you these couple of weeks is stress. Like stress levels go up significantly when you're not living in connection and meaningful relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. um, so it has just a, a massive impact on physical well-being. And I'll, I'll just finish with this of like, the U.S. Surgeon General right now in the U.S., um, he actually wrote a book about this exact topic, and he he toured the U.S. for dozens of years, um, hearing stories of everything from opioid addiction um, to cancer, and he went into treatment facilities across the spectrum of health concerns. And the number one health concern facing America when he wrote the book, and this was literally published right before COVID hit, it was published in uh, February uh prior to COVID, mm -hmm. he came out with a book and he said, loneliness is the greatest epidemic facing America today. Wow. Pre-COVID. Pre, that was pre-COVID. <laughs> wow. Right? So loneliness and connection are that important to everything we experience in life. Yeah. Wow. It just kind of hits you like a ton of bricks and it's like, okay, yeah. so what can we do about it? And I know, <laughs> yeah. I know you guys have curriculum, like, yeah. Talk us through what what that looks like or like kind of how do you teach people to connect? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
two things. First of all, last year we designed a curriculum that is really specifically designed for 7th through 12th graders. Um, it was birthed out of a place of really high demand from schools that were returning from COVID world um, of two years where kids were going from sixth grade to high school and never having stepped foot in a school that, in junior high school building, right? Yeah. Uh, they went from these like transition ages of life and missing two years of foundational, like learning how to have connection with each other, um, all of those kind of things. And so there was a high demand. There is a high demand from schools, teachers, um, parents on how do we help equip kids to have more meaningful relationship, how to develop the skill sets to have meaningful conversation. Um, and so we developed a curriculum. Uh, it piloted this year. It, it was a kind of a trial year in developing that out. Um, we've had really positive response rates. We're actually in the design process with the research team um, to really kind of uh, flush out the, the science and the methodology behind some of the work being done in that. Um, right now, that's restricted specifically to classrooms. Um, it, it's designed in a way that's to be used in school settings. That being said, um, the long-term future of that program is what's launching actually on September 1st. Um, and so we are actually designing um, public resources Resources that are available and these kind of got birthed out of that school and youth program um, that are for everyone. And those resources look like a couple of pieces. Um, first of all, we know stories help impact loneliness. When you hear stories that are similar to yours, um, you feel a little bit less lonely and you feel inspired to make connection with other people. Um, so a lot of the work that we're doing is in storytelling. It's telling stories of where loneliness and connection intertwined with various life stories, um, various life experiences. Um, so we'll be telling stories this month. Uh, we have a really unique story around bipolar disorder uh, that's being told both on video format and on podcast, um, as well as written content. And then um, every month that will change. So we'll have, uh, we have stories about um, depression and anxiety. We have stories about uh, someone who is blind since birth. Uh, we have stories about how everything from uh, faith and community and uh, jobs and school have played an impact on people's experiences within each of these different types of things that they experienced in life. And so the intention with that is, like I said, to really help people um, that might be in those places of life feel a little less lonely and hearing stories that are like theirs. Um, but if your story isn't one where it's like, oh, I experienced extreme opioid addiction, because that's that sometimes is an extreme, um, even for me, because I'm the podcast host, and I'm starting to like learn how to navigate some of this stuff, right? It's it develops so much empathy. And that's really the other key piece and the solution towards loneliness. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't loneliness doesn't end. Uh, it, just overnight. It takes a culture right. change. It takes people really every day being intentional and, and intentional in the questions that they ask and the way that they communicate with other people. Um, and empathy plays a huge role in that. And so these stories are designed in a way that even if your story isn't like some of these stories, um, that you learn to develop empathy for people that have different opinions than, than you have different life experiences than you, um, because it builds your skill set to better communicate, to better have relationship with other people. Because um, 
at the end of the day, we're all a lot more alike than we are different um, yeah. because we all have um, we all have challenges in life. Uh, we all have something different that is a challenge. We all have something different that is good. We all have different things that we experience and different traumas and different um, pieces that make us who we are. And um, while our stories are different, we also have so much more in common than I think we oftentimes realize. And so um, it's a really long rambling way of saying that's a big part of what we're producing is developing those materials out that um, develop the skill sets to have better communication and conversation. And then we have resource guides and all sorts of information that supplement that um, for really next steps and ways to how do you take only seven seconds and apply that to your daily living? Um, how do you take some of these things? And um, it doesn't take a total like you don't have to spend hours writing out letters to people right like you don't have to do right. these massive projects um it is simply the act of taking seven seconds and texting someone you care about and asking how they're doing or asking someone out to coffee that day um it's really it's in the simple things oftentimes that um literally save lives and i have numerous stories i could share of that exact thing happening yeah yeah I like what you mentioned there, like stories, like the power of story, because my story is my story and nobody can argue with it, right? Like I can't argue with your story. That's your unique story of life. And it might yeah. not be the same, but we can connect with a certain piece of your story. Or we, yes. like you said, we need to hear what somebody else has gone through so that we can be more empathetic, you know, for, for whatever anybody else is going through. Um, I love it. And I love that you have some resources coming out to just help people or like the simplicity of it. Text somebody, text somebody that, yep. you know, I'm thinking about you. How are you? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was funny. Someone asked, uh, I mentioned the U S surgeon general earlier and, uh, someone asked him like, what are some simple things people can do that might be feeling lonely what are the things that they should be doing if they're experiencing loneliness mm -hmm. and the very first thing you talked about was smiling at a stranger on the street huh. and it seems so strange to hear that as like his first solution to like if you're feeling lonely smile at someone right and he mm -hmm. kind of said that and he kind of laughed because he's like oh we're all behind masks right now uh when he shared that information <laughs> right but but it there's something to be said about the simple acts of human connection, um, the little acts of kindness of even strangers um, that you don't know how it impacts someone. And there's there's all sorts of research and science done for people that are way smarter than me about how that affects your brain, right? Like how mm -hmm. someone smiling at you affects the chemical reaction in your brain that day, how someone mm -hmm. holding the door for you when you walk in that day impacts how like all the different like psychological things that are firing off in your brain that I don't even know the definitions <laughs> of right? like, that like there's so much to be said in those little moments that like if we can live that way externally and I think that's a part of like mm -hmm. um, Rev and being a faith-based organization like that's a, such a key piece right of like living out uh, a biblical mission like individually is what you're called to do and like showing kindness and showing love like at a scientific level that's what's yeah. happening right like th those ways of like even simple ways of showing love to other people um has a profound impact on their physical and mental well-being and in and their loneliness yeah yeah
That's so good. We're integrated people. We can't separate our emotional from our physical, from our, from yeah. our mental, psychological. It's all it's all connected. And I think we so often want to do something like big and grandiose, but maybe it's the small acts of smiling, opening the door, like somebody sneezing, saying bless you or whatever. Like it can be so simple and it physically could change somebody's brain and it changes yours as well. So I love that we're, we're connected. Um, and right now we are walking through, or we're going to be walking through project stress relief, our fall challenge for 2022. And so as we think about, um, smiling at somebody else, I think that it might release some stress in our own, like, I don't know all the physiological terms and things like that, but I know that when we can we can look to others, our stress level does come down. And I don't know how that works. I just know that it does work. Because when we yeah. take our eyes off of ourselves, even if you're going to help somebody else who yeah. who needs help, like it makes your problems feel a lot less. Or yes. there's just something comforting and knowing that we could walk together. Yeah. One of our recommended activities, um, we, we're publishing a guide that should be out when this uh, airs called the I Know Lonely Guide. Our whole project is called I Know Lonely that's launching. And in that guide, we provide resources for if you're experiencing loneliness and we provide some recommendations and different things um, to do if you're experiencing loneliness. And to your point, one of those things is volunteering. Mm-hmm. And it, it is it is amazing how if you are experiencing loneliness, engaging in some sort of community activity that is serving others impacts your own mental health, your own well-being, your own personal views on what you're experiencing, your own loneliness. Um, it it really allows you to start outwardly thinking and it doesn't minimize what you're experiencing or what you're going through or or like oh well my problems are not as big of a deal because it's less than this person it's not that at all it's simply just lending some perspective i think to the things that maybe you're going through Um, but again to your point it also does so much good for our mental health and you and i don't know the the psychological like terminology Mm -hmm. behind it or how that exactly works but we know it does yeah yeah yeah, and I know you've you've mentioned this a little bit, but this is so exciting that Revelation Wellness gets to partner with only seven seconds for project stress relief because I'd love for you to highlight you guys have some new material coming out today, the day yeah. that this podcast airs, September 1st. Um, just share a little bit about what you what do you have coming out? Like what's new? How can people engage with only seven seconds? Tell us what is big is going on right now for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's such a a remarkable, uh, I don't believe in coincidences, right? Like this is uniquely designed that this is happening and airing on September 1st. Uh, I mentioned our school and youth program, uh, and it was last year, we got some amazing feedback from it. And the pieces that we were getting um, that were being asked of us is, can these resources be public use? Um, What pieces of this can parents take home with them at night and have more conversations with their kids? Parents want access to the videos that their kids are watching because they hear about it and they want to know what they're learning and what they're experiencing. Um, But more importantly, the feedback we were getting was that teachers were actually being impacted more by this curriculum than students were. 
Um, and so we really wanted to pull out the pieces of this curriculum that were impacting adults and allow it to be a community resource. And so that's really what we've done here. And so this is uh, the today this launching is the result of about uh, a year and a half's really hard work of getting a ton of pieces in place and to the point of launching. Uh, it started out last year with the school curriculum just being videos. Uh, we had some videos and then some some classroom discussion questions and some resources and activities that kids did together. Um, and I mentioned those videos earlier. And those videos um, then translated into podcast form. And so now we're, we're sharing stories. We have five minute clips where it's like, Ooh, this person's story is interesting to me. I want to watch it. Um, but you, if you want to actually learn more about what that person experienced, what are the ins and outs of, uh, one of the stories that'll be coming is someone who, uh, was incarcerated for, uh, six years after ex extreme opioid addiction, uh, the, on the brink of death, um, ended up incarcerated for years. And uh, you want to hear more than just a five minute soundbite of that story. And you want to actually hear how like relationships and connection um, and loneliness played their its way through his life story. Um, then you can go and listen to a podcast that's about an hour, hour and a half long, hearing him share pieces of the, his entire life experience. And, and these stories are so diverse and so in-depth. Um, like I am amazed and overwhelmed sitting and listening to them because um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I hear a lot of people's life stories. And these are some of the... Um, they're, they're, they're extreme in some cases, but they're also super relevant um, mm -hmm. and really easy to see yourself of like, man, like it doesn't take that many different life choices to be, end up in a totally different space than I am right now. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are video and podcast. And then uh, along with that, we'll be supplementing every month on the podcast with informational podcasts. Um, so there'll be bonus episodes where this month uh, it won't be on the first, but coming out a little later this month, we'll have a podcast with a, um, a therapist and counselor. And she, her background is in family therapy um, and marriage therapy. And she talks about how loneliness and connection play its way in parenthood. Uh, what are things that parents can be doing to um, help kids uh, at, with their access to technology, the, the costs and the uh, negative, the costs and the benefits, right, of technology. Yeah. And like, how do we as parents like better train our kids to use technology? Um, how does loneliness and connection play its way in marriage? And how does that impact relationship? Um, so we'll have different things like that as kind of guests and bonus episodes that are a little more, um, informational and really like tangible pieces that you can pull out as well um, from people with backgrounds that again are far smarter than me talking about mental <laughs> health and things. Um, so there's a lot of pieces to this project. It really becomes a core part of who we are, um, but it, it's it, it's all done with the intention of uh, equipping people to live more connected lives. Uh, if you're experiencing loneliness um, to help address that, but also um, equipping you even if you're not experiencing loneliness right now but you simply want to live more connected with people because if we're honest we all could use that right yeah and we'll include some more of those resources and like the link to your podcast in our show notes so that people can get connected with you and with only seven seconds and the goodness that is being released today on september yeah. 1st that's so exciting um yeah that's one thing we like to focus on here at revelation wellness is to 
our mission is to love God, get healthy, be whole and love others. So as we're focusing on what God has for us, this loving others piece really, um, we just partner with you. It's just like a natural connection. Like, yes, to love others, to see others as they are and to reach out. Um, so super excited. Is there anything else you would like to share about only seven seconds or anything at all before we kind of wrap this, our time up? Yeah. You know, I, I would love to share a story. Um, yeah. uh, so we, um, trying to think through which one I want to share. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that we have a lot of stories that uh, how seven seconds saved someone's life. Um, and, and I just want to emphasize like the importance of that. If anyone listening gets nothing out of this conversation beyond the fact that tonight when they're about to go to bed and they're sitting there scrolling through TikTok, social media, whatever else they're looking at, they're watching this, they're listening to or watching Revwell stuff. And they take seven seconds to make a connection with someone in their life that they care about, whether it's an old friend, uh, whether it's a family member, um, that there's some sort of attempt at uh, of a connection um, that you don't realize what kind of impact that can have. Um, and I've, I've said this uh, for years, long before I was at only seven seconds. Um, I, I said it when I used to work at, I worked at a Christian leadership camp for years um, with youth and I talked a lot about influence and I, one of my favorite phrases is do not underestimate the influencer impact that you can have. Mm. It is amazing. I mean, we talked about it a couple of places here of like the impact of a smile and those kind of things. Um, I think it's really easy for us to, um, kind of uh, put ourselves down and to say like, oh, I can't, I don't have that much influence or I might not have that big of an impact or it really doesn't matter that much if, you know, someone text or I text someone or not. Um, but if you think through the times that you get a simple message from someone and how it just makes you even just feel a little bit better because someone thought about you means that they cared about you. It, it does have an impact on you. Um, but I have a story just really briefly of, um, this is this is going to come out on a podcast here uh, in a few months. Mario is one of our storytellers. He was also an intern uh, with us this summer, and he uh, he was in a place where he was contemplating suicide. Um, he he was in a real rough spot during COVID. Um, he was very isolated, very lonely. Um, and multiple, he, he experiences depression and anxiety. He is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. His videography and filming like skill set is absolutely remarkable. Most of the stuff you see from our standpoint, like from our social media and website, like a lot of it is him. He is, he's one of the most talented humans that I've ever met. Um, and he, he shares his story and I don't want to give away too much because you can listen to the podcast and hear all of it. Um, but he was in a place where he was contemplating suicide, like in that moment, like he had it kind of figured out and he was headed that direction. Um, and multiple times, um, he was in that space and multiple times the same person, he got a text from them. Wow. And it changed where he was at. Um, and he goes, the only reason that I am alive today, the only reason I'm here today is because someone took seven seconds and reached out to me. Mm -hmm. um, and we have stories of many people 
physically being in a place where they're a millisecond from taking their life and someone reached out and it saved their life. And so uh, while we're not directly a suicide prevention organization or anything like that, um, there's a lot that this impacts, whether it's suicide or otherwise, um, taking seven seconds changes lives, makes lives better, but it also saves lives. And so um, just know that like anyone listening to this, you taking seven seconds has a massive impact and can have a massive impact on people. Um, and don't underestimate what that impact can be. Yeah. As you're sharing that, I could just get choked up. Like that's yeah. amazing. Mm. Yeah. Praise. That's so grateful that that person took that nudge and reached out to Mario. So yep. wow, I can't wait to hear his full story. Now I'm like on the edge of my seat. I can't wait for that <laughs> podcast to air. So. His story is one of a kind. He is such a remarkable person. So yes, definitely tune in. I believe his is in November, um, but you can see on our website, it'll say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I know this will be in the show notes, but just share with our listeners in case somebody's walking, jogging or whatever. What is your um, website? What? How do they get there? Yeah. Only7seconds.com. And it's the number seven. Only7seconds.com. And again, this will be in the show notes. Um, so Elisa does this on her podcast when she interviews people. She likes to ask them three rapid fire questions. I don't know if you've heard any okay. of them, but are you no, ready? No, I haven't. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. I might get them out of order, but number one, coffee, tea, or kombucha? What's your favorite? Tea, 100%. 100% tea. Yes. Okay. okay. Number two, what's your favorite way to move your body? Probably swimming. My background's in swimming. Mm-hmm. I love hiking as well. So I, I love getting outdoors in nature. I'm an avid hunter. So getting outdoors in wow. nature, but like if I have a choice and there's a pool available, it's swimming. Swimming. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's one something I am not very good at. So I always <laughs> admire swimmers. And then lastly, what's your favorite type of like workout wear? Oh man, I am. It's so funny. I'm being interviewed by an organization that like specializes <laughs> in physical health. And I know that it's good for me. I am so bad about like working out. Um, I don't have an answer for you on that because it would probably be swim, like swimming, like I said. So it's like, it's any sort of swim shorts. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. I thought you were going to say maybe hiking boots or hunting equipment. Yeah, yeah, hunting apparel, camo gear. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you, Luke, so much for taking this time to to visit with us, to teach us, to encourage us and to challenge us. Um, And I want to challenge all of our listeners, like Luke said, before we went to those rapid fire questions, what can you do today for seven seconds, take seven seconds, who could you reach out to? It could save somebody's life, like Luke said. So I guess I'm going to leave it at that and just look forward to getting to to know you a little bit more and only seven seconds and really just partnering together. Um, Yeah. And I just hope each of us today and every day would take seven seconds to reach out to whoever is on your mind, whoever God puts in your path today. Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you, Lacey. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's been a joy. Likewise. 
Thanks again for being here, Revelation Wellness friends. We hope you were blessed by this conversation with Luke Wall from only seven seconds. We hope that in hearing this, you begin to realize how seven tiny seconds can have a ripple effect that will help combat the number one epidemic in the country, loneliness. Let's be a people on mission reaching out to someone today. We're linking all of the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes so you can swipe up to take advantage of those resources. Also, check out the link for our new challenge in the show notes as well, Project Stress Relief. Join us as we get after the stress that keeps us from living the lives God has for us. Signups are now open and you can join this challenge for any donation amount. Before you go, would you take seven seconds and share this episode with a friend who might need to hear this message? And while you're at it, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. You can also leave us an audio message and tell us how you're planning to take seven seconds to connect with someone today. Swipe up for the link to leave us a message today. See you next week, friends, where you'll have a brand new Revving the Word episode to release and move in love to. Peace.